This is Matthew Hester, Senior Pastor at Dominion Church. I want to thank you for joining us this week on the Dominion Church podcast experience. Our podcast aims to deliver truth from God's Word concerning His kingdom and your righteous identity as His beloved child. Please subscribe to this podcast, leave a review, and do share it with a friend. We pray that you are blessed, challenged, and changed by what you're about to hear. Good afternoon, and praise the Lord. Amen? Amen. Today is Father's Day, a great day, a great day. But I have, um, there are a few things that I want to, that there's one thing that I want to uh, talk about this, this afternoon that's been uh, heavy on my heart. And I want, you know, we was talking about, we was thinking about having just a uh, encouragement for the fathers. But this is going to be a encouragement for the fathers. But I want to talk about encouragement for the fathers that are not with their children also. Uh, and I want to thank you, thank uh, Apostle Matt and Pastor Megan and for giving me the opportunity here bring the word here at Dominion to the Facebook family. I believe this word is for some that are out there or you may have a family member, uh, a son that may be experiencing this or a nephew or somebody close to you. I want you to give them a word of encouragement because God has not forgotten about them. No matter what has transpired, sometimes things happen in life that that uh, fathers are separated from children. It happens sometimes because of divorce, families move away, um, and sometimes it's just a misunderstanding with a child. And you be reaching, and the fathers reach out, and it seems as though They are not getting anywhere with that child. But I want to let you know that there is still hope. There is hope because there is hope in Jesus. And Jesus is your hope. And I want these fathers to know, and I'm kind of getting off my, um, um, I'm, I am going to do this first because it's just been heavy on my heart. But I want these fathers to know that God has not forgotten about you. And that no matter what the situation was, if you were at fault or the child was at fault, you have already repented for that situation, God has heard your prayer. So I want these fathers to know that there is coming a day when you will be reunited with your child. I was talking to some fathers yesterday, as a matter of fact, a young man that we were talking about. Um, he was there. I'm a car salesman, guys. and He was sitting there, and the, and the uh, conversation came up, and he said he hadn't seen his daughter in two years. 
and he's been wanting to have that relationship with, with his daughter. And I told him, I said, you know what? I said, you will have that relationship with your daughter. That will become a reality for you. Um, and this one scripture uh, that I wanted to go, go to real quickly is uh, Psalms 139. Because sometimes we kind of think that God has forgotten about us. But this Psalms 139 says, How precious and wonderful to consider that you cherish. Now I'm reading from the uh, Passion. That you cherish me constantly in your ever thoughts. Oh God, your de desires toward me are more than the grains of sand on every shore. And sometimes that is hard for us to fathom. But I want you, when you have some time, if you got have some salt at the house or some sand, just pour that in your hand. That's how his thoughts are toward you. He said, as the sand that is on the seashore, that's how his thoughts are about you. That you're never out of his thoughts. You are always, he is always there with you. And I just wanted to encourage these fathers today, and I know all about that situation because I'm a living witness. And I've seen God make it happen. Matter of fact, they were here today, and they had to go back, and my wife said, well, your heart got, you was a little uh, weepy, I guess. Well, I didn't want them to go. But they were here. I had some grandchildren, and I'm a father and I have 13 grandsons, 12 granddaughters, and four great-grands. So, congratulations, yeah. <laughs> so I tell people, they said, well, uh, what do you do for birthdays? I said, I don't do birthdays. I, <laughs> I do graduations. I do graduations. But uh, just for a few moments this morning, uh, this afternoon, I just want to say that because it was on my heart and I'm hoping that uh, this message gets out that God has not forgotten about those fathers. Because, you know, we, when we're talking about fathers a lot of times, you know, people don't mention that. And I know that their hearts are heavy. But today, I want to talk about um, the qualities of a father. And my scripture that I'm using would be Micah 6 and 8. And it says that he has shown you, O oh man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Today is Father's Day. The greatest need in our society today is for fathers who will rise up and assume their and assume their God-giving role of responsibility in the family. Yes, some fathers, they work, but there's more than just providing for the family. Our text gives us basic, res basic responsibilities for mankind, for manhood. But when a man becomes a father, then those responsibilities are expanded. A godly father loves God. Matthew 6 and 33 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God 
and all of his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. This is the basis upon which happiness is built and priorities for relationship. Seeking God first, seeking the kingdom and his righteousness and all of those other things that you have desires for or desires they come. As you walk in what he's called you to do, he releases those things to you. Have you ever had a time in your life when you had thought about having a certain item or whatever, and all of a sudden it just pops up and you have it? That's the other things. <laughs> those are the things that have been added to you. Rather than being preoccupied with material things, our ambition should be to seek first God's kingdom and righteousness, knowing that as we do, he has pledged himself with covenant faithfulness to respond. All these things shall be added to you. But if you don't have the right relationship with God, it's fruitful to think you can have a right relationship with others. It's hard to have a right relationship with others when you're not walking according to the way that God has called you to walk, has called you to uh, respond to people. It's hard to build a relationship. If you're running from God, you will never have peace. Isaiah, Isaiah 57 and 21 says that there is no peace, says my God, for the wicked. So instead of running from God, we need to run to God. And not say that I found God, you didn't find God, God has always, has always been there. Amen? A godly father loves his wife. Most husbands assume that love is sex. And we, some of us probably did think that when we was a little younger, you know, not knowing. But, uh, but that's, while that is certainly a part of love, it is not all. Let's go here and look at Ephesians 5 and 25. I'm going to read from the Passion. supposed to have that mark. <laughs> All right here. Oh. And I did have it marked. What did it do? You all just bear with me here a minute. my scripture at? Well, Ephesians 5 is talking about how uh, we love, how husbands are to love their wives as Christ loved the church. And we're supposed to, as men, reflect that. Christ gave his all for us. So when you have time, just pull that scripture up and read that. I already know the scripture. The teaching is that Christ, that the Father gave his all, and Christ gave his all for the church. 
he laid down his life for the church. We as husbands, we as men, should lay our lives down for our wives. For this is very important. Um, it's good to be able to uh, go out and pull out the chair for your wife when you go to dinner. How about opening the, the door for your wife when she's trying to get in the car or, or, or is going to enter the car? How about when you're at home? How about, well, honey, you cook? I'll wash the dishes. Well, well how about, uh, well, if you're, if I'll cook today. And my Joanne, no, I like to get on the grill. I'm not a great cooker, but cook, but I can, I can get down on the grill. But, but the point is to prefer her, you know, to choose her, to make her first, to make her precious, to, to let her know that she's loved, to let her experience your love. Sometimes it's not about all that you can give. Sometimes it's just about doing those little things. Those little things. Well, how about this? And I know I'll surprise Joanne with that. I come home from work and I have some flowers. I had somebody ask me that one day. He said, oh, what, you're in the dog? I said, I'm not in the doghouse. <laughs> I, was, I was at Walmart and I had some flowers. I said, and there was a nice a bouquet. And I said, um, no, I just need to take flowers home today to let her know that I love her. Because she wasn't used to me doing that. And guys, I've even got to the point that I even take time out when I come home. Well, honey, what is it that you want to talk about? That has happened with a lot of men, a lot of husbands, a lot of fathers. We don't make time to just even talk or listen. What is it that you want to talk about today? All right? Amen? All right. Real love seeks to meet all the needs of another person. Uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 13, and I had all that marked out for me too, the love chapter, which I, I love that. I love 1 Corinthians 13 because um, if I can start from, from the, um, I'm not going to read the whole uh, chapter, but there was a couple verses that I want to uh, expound upon. But it, it talks about, it says, love in the uh, fourth verse, in the Passion, it says, love is patient and incredibly patient. Love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and, cons and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessings come to someone else. Love does not brag about one's achievements nor inflates its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect, nor selfishly seek its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love, husbands, love fathers, is a safe place of shelter, for it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes up failure as defeat, for it never gives up. You can never give up. 
And you can read the whole chapter, but I really like that. And that verse, and there's a little note they had here. And uh, for verse uh, 7, it says that love bears all things, although commonly understood to mean that love can bear hardships of any kind. The normalized form of the verb, stego, is actually the word for roof, found in Mark 2 and 4. Paul is saying that love covers all things, like a roof covers a house. And that's what our love is supposed to do for our wives. And that's what our love is supposed to do for our children. That's how we're walking in love. Our love covers as a roof, as a house. And we can go back and see 1 Peter 4 and 8, and it says, Above all, constantly echo God's intense love for one another. For love will be a canopy over a multitude of sin. We as men, as fathers, and we can cover our families. We can cover our wives. We can cover our loved ones. Or even when our times of intercession is there, we, we, we can become a roof because we are operating out of what? Out of a place of love. And there's another thing that I used to say all the time, and I still believe that, that when we walk in love, love becomes a tangible. It becomes tangible. That wherever you go, you will leave the residue of love in that certain place. Wherever, if you was at the store, at the cash register, people will just know who you are. Because of what? Because of your love for one another. How, do, how will people understand and know who we are as the body of Christ? And I just, not going on a rabbit trail here, but they'll know you by what? By your love. For what? For one another. How important it is for us to walk in love. Amen? Amen. Um, now, I already talked about, <laughs> I kind of got ahead of myself here. I was talking about the romantic actions are not an abandonment of your maleness. So just keep in mind, guys, when you're out, open the door. Pull the chair out. You know, uh, she might say, well, I want some ice. I need some ice. Well, go ahead and get the ice. Get the cup and put some ice in the cup. Just, just take time out to do those things. I do that with Joanne, and Joanne sometimes, she'll be trying to uh, get to, I said, let me open the door. I'd be trying to run around to the other side to get over there, and she'd be trying to get the door, and I'm saying, just let me do it, because that's what I want to do. Men, we must remember our sons are learning from us about how to treat their wives, their future wives. Children are watching. They watch how, what we do. So it's very important that we operate and be in that area. One day they will trust, they will treat their wives the same way that you treat their mother. So we should keep, always keep that in mind. A godly father loves his children. Love is more than provision for material things. Don't miss out on your children's childhood. There's never a second chance 
at childhood. Take time out. If they have a game or there's something special that they want, it, want you to be at, go and do it. Be there for them. And sometimes um, we as the older from different generations, we're starting to learn that. The younger the generation, my generation, a lot of times fathers was kind of working all the time, couldn't come to the games, and I just be saying, I just wish, wish daddy wouldn't work. I just wish for him to just be there. You know, and I've heard other parents and I've heard other children say that. So I want to encourage the dads here today and the dads in, in uh, Facebook land. When, the, when your child tells you they got an event coming up, if it's all, at all possible, try to make that event. Try to be there and support them. Amen? As godly fathers, sometimes you have to discipline your children. Discipline is required, but do it in love. Colossians 3 and 21 says, Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Provoke means to irritate or discourage. Children can be discouraged by harsh yelling, nagging, or deriding their efforts. Such provocations wound their spirits and make them timid, and they become discouraged. Because a child can really feel that they can never meet the qualities or meet the standards that they think their parents want them or their father would want them to, uh, to have. So what we should do is learn how not to be angry. You can be angry, but you should put that to the side. The child doesn't need to see it. They, they may need to, for you to be a little stern or say what you have to say, but don't discourage them. Don't beat them down. Don't browbeat them. Encourage them and let them know that they're loved. Amen? Children interpret the time spent with them as love. So I've already had a, a touched on that. So they will just be tickled if you just spend the time with them. I have a grandson that he tries to get up, eat up all my time when he's with me, but I try to make that time for him. But Grandpa, you said you was going to be off Tuesday. And you ain't going to work, sell a car. And that's my grandchild. And I'm saying, I told him this time, I said, I'm going to be home this coming Tuesday. <laughs> Not going to work, but I'm going to spend the time with you. All right, godly fathers, a godly father is a man of integrity. Our scripture that we started with was uh, Micah 6 and 8. We need to do things that are just and walk upright. A godly father is a man of humility, mercy, and one who submits to God. They are faithful to walk in the ways of the Lord. They are honest. They tell the truth. They don't lie. They're always open. And, not, and they do not take advantage of others. A godly father walking in integrity, they are trustworthy. They know the truth and they live it. Goodness is a common trait among those with integrity. 
They find joy in enriching the lives of those around them, even if it means sacrificing their happiness in their own lives for a while. A godly father is a role model of God. And Ephesians 5 talks about us being imitators of God, being an imitator of him. And that's how you can fulfill that role, uh, how a godly father can fulfill that role of God, uh, uh, how he can fulfill a role model of God, because we're supposed to model God no matter where we go, because we have him living and residing within us. So that shouldn't be something that's hard for us to do. He, we have the fullness of God living within us. That's what the word says. You have the fullness of everything, so you have nothing missing and nothing broken. Everything is there. All the tools are there. Only thing we need to do is put shoe leather to it and walk it out. So I was gonna keep this short, and praise the Lord, I did. But I just want the fathers to be encouraged and, and to know that, that they are loved even when, even when they feel as though they're not loved. They are loved because they are accepted in the beloved. I heard Apostle Matt say that. I said, yep, that is absolutely right. You're accepted in the beloved. Don't cost you anything. He loves you regardless of what has transpired in your life. He loves you where you're at right now. And that's what I want the fathers to know. You made mistakes, okay, but he still loves you. He still cares about you. So walk in that and know that you're loved at all times. So Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, we just thank you for this time. Uh, being able to uh, uh, bring this word, Father. And Lord God, just bless all the fathers throughout the world, Lord God. And Father God, just thank you right now, Father God, that you're healing the hearts of the men uh, whose hearts are broken right now. Father God, just thank you right now that we're just releasing and pouring in the oil and the wine right now, Father God, to bring about the healing for those fathers, Lord. Father God, we just speak a word of encouragement to them right now, Father, in the name of Jesus. And Father, I decree and declare today, Father, in the name of Jesus, that the separation between fathers and children ends today. I decree and declare that right now, Father God. And I thank you, Father God, that we're sending the word out and that they are going to be healed, Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you for the healings, Father God. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray, amen.